0: It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Nearly a half century ago, the movie Soil and Green was released. The movie depicted a hellish future for the human race in the year 2022. Imagine that. The global power brokers that pull the strings from behind the curtain are completely out of control, more desperate and dangerous than ever before. And the drama between, for example, Will Smith and Chris Rock gets center stage, or Trump's tax returns, Hunter Biden's laptop, and the current occupant of the White House that can barely walk while having even more trouble completing a coherent sentence. They're all criminals, all political stripes. All are part of the cancer of corruption that is sacking the planet and tightening the noose. All glaring red flags signifying the sea of insanity that we're all drowning in. Divide and distract dramas while the tidal wave of near-term human extinction looms over us all. The planet's life support systems are completely collapsing. Consider this timeless nugget from General Omar Bradley. We've grasped The mystery of the atom and rejected the Sermon on the Mount. Ours is a world of nuclear giants and ethical infants. We know more about war than we do about peace, more about killing than we do about living. From cb 19 to climate engineering, controller responses, to unfolding and accelerating biosphere collapse. Any who still believe that they are being told the truth by any official source about the two subjects just mentioned or countless other issues need to rethink the reality. And while all this is unfolding, if one took an hour to view today's corporate media and the consumer commercials in it, it would be hard not to conclude that we're absolutely doomed as a species. Welcome to the asylum. Question, how many power centers around the world, along with the military industrial complex, are actually benefiting from the Russia-Ukraine scenario? While third world nation populations are just trying to survive another day, Soon enough, first world citizens will find themselves in the same dilemma. Wait and see. And through it all, what dark agendas are quietly and covertly being carried out? From last week, dual coronal mass ejections due to strike Earth. This week, with significant impacts, geomagnetic storm watch upgraded to G3, which is strong, storm Aurora to head south. More on this shortly, but first... How many have stopped to ponder that what we are officially told is an assault from nature, i.e. a coronal mass ejection, a solar flare, might actually be a smokescreen for an electromagnetic pulse attack against populations, an EMP event carried out by global controllers that are now more desperate and dangerous, as I stated, than ever before? Why? Because biosphere collapse has beat them to the intersection. Global ecological implosion is unfolding far faster than they were prepared for it to happen. The controllers know they must achieve total control over populations before the masses are forced to awaken to what's unfolding by the day. If global power structures feel they're completely losing control, would they use the ongoing climate engineering atmospheric spraying operations to disperse pathogens on populations. What do you think? The answer is so blatantly obvious it doesn't deserve the time it would take to explore it. What lies in front of us will make what has already passed seem like a Club Med vacation. Taking the time to view the movie The Road will provide a preview of what's coming, you're listening to the commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour, the bad news broadcast, brought to you by GeoEngineeringWatch.org. Geo, the word EngineeringWatch.org. For those that are unfamiliar with our site, we're the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of covert climate engineering operations. This is Dane Wigington, your host in this hour. We'll address the most critical issues we collectively face, issues on which our collective futures most directly and immediately depend. Let's start with this. Microplastics found in human blood for first time. The discovery shows the particles can travel around the body and may lodge in organs. The study is the first, they say, indication that we have polymer particles in our blood. How does this new study connect to climate engineering? Stay with me. I'll get to that. Another recent study found that microplastics can latch on to the outer membranes of red blood cells and may limit their ability to transport oxygen. Feeling tired lately? Should we believe that the science community had no idea polymer nanoparticle contamination was affecting all of us? Even though it was ubiquitous in the environment, and they've known that for a very long time, let's rewind to this headline from October of 2021. From the UK Daily Mail, microplastics are found in the blood of farm animals, including cows and pigs, for the first time, raising concerns about their movement through the food chain. This earlier report also stated scientists believe the discovery could have serious implications for public health. They further stated plastic particles entering the bloodstream risks being deposited in people's organs. Question. How could so-called scientists not know till now that polymer nanoparticles are in our bloodstream and organs if we're eating animals that contain the same? Answer, they knew. Now let's add this, the title of a peer-reviewed science study published by Science Direct. Nanoplastics affect the inflammatory cytokine release by primary human monocytes and dendritic cells. That doesn't sound good, does it? Let's consider the difference between ingesting plastic polymers versus inhaling the same. Inhaling is far worse. And how would we be inhaling these plastic particles? Certainly we have plastic decomposing around the planet and some of that decomposition is blowing around, but what about this? What about the polymer fibers named in climate engineering patents that are utilized to help suspend the also toxic heavy metal particulates. What an amazingly lethal brew it all is and we're inhaling it all. And inhaled particles of this nature are far worse because it enters through the olfactory nerve, straight into the bloodstream, can cross the blood-brain barrier, goes straight into our systems. And none of this is talked about, none of it is tested for because the so-called air quality testing systems are designed not to show these types of nanoparticles. They test for combustion particulates only. The rest of the samples, as I was told in my face by high-level EPA officials in Sacramento, California, the rest of the samples go out the window. How about that? How many people naively think that someone out there is watching over them? Some agency, somebody's taking care of it. Really, time to wake up. Other headline, plastic pollution could make much of humanity infertile, experts fear. Perhaps the experts fear that. Do we really think the controllers fear that? Or perhaps embrace that? Report states, research suggests plastic pollution is causing dropping sperm counts and could also be unstoppable, the report states. Again, I ask, just an unintended consequence? More later in this broadcast. Ingesting aluminum versus inhaling aluminum, same scenario. Is it any wonder Alzheimer's, dementia, ALS, and a host of downstream degenerative neurological diseases are all going off the charts? Because we know that bioavailable and bioaccumulative nanoparticulates of aluminum are in the air column. We know that from tests from all over the globe. We know that from tests taken at altitude behind heavy aircraft that were emitting these particles from the geoengineeringwatch.org documentary, The Dimming, posted for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. About inhaling oxygen, every breath you take contains less, and the percentage of atmospheric oxygen content continues to decline. Global plankton populations continue to dwindle as well. Every other breath we take came from them, the plankton, and they have historically produced over half of Earth's oxygen content, and without them, we die global plankton populations are down 60 to 70 percent. But now we get to breathe other elements instead of oxygen. Elements already mentioned like nanoparticles of aluminum and polymers and as already covered in the case of polymer nanoparticles adhering to blood cells, absorption of the oxygen that is still available is inhibited. A case of going from bad to worse. On how many days are there total canopies of filthy, toxic climate engineering aerosols and not a single natural cloud in the sky. And we have these so-called script-reading meteorologists telling us days in advance that a specific day will be, quote, mostly sunny. Days in which, again, no natural clouds at all, just a white canopy. Or if you do see some natural clouds, some lower-level cumulus clouds, they're difficult to make out if they're distant because there's a complete overstory of the white, filthy, dirty climate engineering aerosols Imagine how many aerosols it takes to create that kind of cloud can- canopy and all of it, all of it raining down through the air column where we are sucking it up with every breath we take. Think it's just pollen that's causing the epidemic of respiratory issues? Think again. And about the long-term effects of exposure to highly toxic climate injuring elements, that's much worse still. There's also the consideration of biologicals being a part of the atmospheric dispersions, but most are unwilling to even consider that all-too-obvious potential, in spite of the fact that historical records reveal that even back as far as 1977, the U.S. military had already conducted no less than 239 open-air biological tests on unknowing and innocent U.S. civilians without their knowledge and certainly without their consent. The same is of course the case with the ongoing atmospheric spraying today that's ubiquitously contaminating the entire planet while decimating Earth's formerly protective atmosphere and remaining life support systems overall. Climate intervention operations which are actually far more expansive and malevolent than the term implies. Our grand and lethal experiment, a form of warfare that is being waged against all life on Earth. And even now, the vast majority remains oblivious, eyes wide shut, accepting the official denial of the shockingly visible atrocities in our skies. The head-in-the-sand approach is still the chosen path for far too many. This equation must change. The gravity and immediacy of unfolding and accelerating global ecological collapse can't be hidden from populations for much longer. It's becoming too severe. The controllers know it and are thus far more desperate and dangerous than ever before. From the Washington Post, blinding snow squalls lead to major pileup on Interstate 81 in Pennsylvania. Think any official sources are going to test the frozen material falling from our sky that we're told is just snow from nature? Don't think so. Geoengineeringwatch.org has tested the chemical ice nucleated toxic frozen brew from multiple locations. All samples tested contained super slick surfactants. Surfactants are what make soap, soap. Driving on this type of material would be like driving on soap-soaked snow, wouldn't it? I'm not making any claim about what happened in Pennsylvania. I'll leave that up to the listener to decide what puzzle pieces fit where. From the UK Guardian, forest fires erupt around Chernobyl nuclear plant in Ukraine. Ukrainian authorities say Russians' control of plant is hampering efforts to control the blazes. Nuclear power is the gift that keeps on giving forever. And we are about to find out how incredibly true that is as the nuke plants around the world go into meltdown along with societal collapse, which is coming, it's a given. There's no rational way to deny what I just stated that these plants will go into meltdown. How many plants were put at sea level? They're certainly doomed as sea level rise accelerates exponentially, but when there's no one to man these nuclear power plants, they will go into meltdown. When grids shut down, and they will, meltdown is, again, a given. How clear can this be? And yet, how many so-called experts, how many official sources, how many so-called elected officials continue to pretend that somehow all this technology is magically saving us. Not working out so well so far, is it? From the thebostonglobe.com, this. Multiple breadbasket failures. Nations must address looming food emergencies. From that report, the war in Ukraine, coupled with weather-related disruptions... Don't miss that one. In the world's major grain-producing regions could unleash unbearable waves of displacement, humanitarian consequences, civil unrest, major financial losses worldwide, and geopolitical fragilities. Financial losses won't mean anything. I've tried to drive that point home again and again and again. You can stock up on that little shiny yellow metal. It won't do you any good when you can't eat it, drink it, or shelter with it. And that's what the true commodities are going to be very, very soon. And as they state again, weather-related disruptions in the world's major grain-producing regions so incredibly consistently, whether flash flood, flash freeze, flash drought, all of it happening, all of it at critical points in crop production. This is not nature. Think about it. He who controls the weather controls the world, as Johnson stated, at the start of every one of these broadcasts at geoengineeringwatch.org. He who controls the weather controls the food supply, thus controls the world. But the food supplies are going to crash no matter what happens at this point because of the damage done to the planet's life support systems. You can't do what the human race has done in the geologic blink of an eye and expect to live long. We have set so many wheels in motion of the planet's feedback loops, positive feedback loops. Positive does not mean good in this case. It means the system feeds on itself once triggered, like the methane release. As the planet radically warms, formerly frozen methane deposits, I've been over this again and again, they're thawing, releasing, entering the atmosphere, covering the planet like a layer of glass, creating more heating, which creates more methane release. And there are so many of these types of feedback loops going on right now. We are in a runaway train of abrupt climate collapse. That is the correct scientific term for what is unfolding. We would be lucky if we face global warming. What we face is far, far worse. From abc.net, evacuation orders issued as life-threatening flood warnings raised for New South Wales, Northern Rivers, Mid-North Coast. Authorities say a renewed flood threat for parts of the already sodden New South Wales, Northern Rivers, and mid-north coast could be potentially, quote, life-threatening, as some residents in the flood-ravaged region are ordered to evacuate. Much more crop loss coming from Australia. First they were droughted out, then incinerated by unprecedented wildfires, and now biblical flooding. Again, if you think all this is just nature behaving poorly, think again. Here's a follow-up headline from South America. Satellite images show the Amazon forest is hurling toward a tipping point. Again, we would be lucky if it was hurling toward a tipping point. It passed the tipping point long ago. And let's not forget the constant deception from the climate science community, still pretending that we, the human race, still have a few years left before reaching the climate tipping point. This narrative is a blatant lie. The point of no return regarding the planet we have formerly known was passed more than two decades ago. Climate engineering in the attempt to mask the severity of damage done continues to inflict yet more damage, continues to pound even more nails into our collective coffins. Was the human race hitting the proverbial brakes all this time in the last two decades? No. It was pedal to the metal, the Thelma and Louise scenario the entire way. And there's this recent report from Bloomberg.com. Forest's climate cooling effect is greater than previously known. The report states a global look at how forests work beyond storing carbon, reveals them to be an even more critical part of keeping temperatures down. Trees shift heat from ground level skyward by using solar energy to vaporize liquid water, a process called evapotranspiration. That's like natural air conditioning. A forest canopy also helps keep the heat away from the surface where people and ecosystems are. The more bumpy the top of a forest is, the more air turbulence it creates and the more heat is pushed away from the ground. Not so much anymore, is it? A reminder of what I have covered in recent broadcasts and the recent Into the Wild. I just filmed the disappearance of a formerly closed forest canopy near my home in the wilderness in a place that's never been logged, never been interfered with by human Loot, plunder, and pillage policies. The canopy that was completely closed only 15 years ago is now gone. Everything dying. Climate engineering raging overhead. Contaminating soils and waters. Destroying the ozone layer, which is frying the trees from the top down. The Toxic elements in the rain poisoning the root systems. None of this being admitted to by any official agency, any so-called scientists. All of them pretending it's not happening. And still pretending that we, we have this card, this final option of geoengineering to save us. If we get too close to the edge of the abyss, good luck. We're already over the edge. That card was played 75 years ago with cataclysmic results. And about the release of vapor from forests, I've been over this in previous broadcasts as well. VPD, vapor pressure deficit. Climate engineering desiccants are drying up atmospheric humidity in many forest locations. The trees sense this. They shut their stomata, their breathing ports. They don't release water or oxygen, they don't absorb carbon, they don't feed, they're dying. Further, photosynthesis tapers off as temperatures get too warm. Photosynthesis stops at 104 degrees Fahrenheit. We are in completely uncharted territory and the whole of so-called academia with very few exceptions are still pretending that somehow we're going to avert near-term planetary omnicide. The population needs to wake up. If we're to have any chance of salvaging any part of Earth's remaining life support system so that anyone can make it through what's coming, it will take all of us. And let's remember this term, the wet bulb effect. And you'll hear much more about this term soon. It refers to a combination of the heat and humidity that is intolerable to the human body, and it's coming in countless locations around the globe. Wait and see. I've covered this scenario before as well. But I want to keep reminding listeners of these terms so that when they hear agencies that are controlled by power structure media start to refer to these terms, I hope the light goes on. That what I've tried to warn about is real. It's here. It's not over the horizon. It's kicking in the front door now. Another headline from last week. Heat shatters records on one side of the U.S., shuns the other side. What are they referring to? Freeze-fry scenarios that are a direct result of climate intervention operation. This report states, while the Northeast faced a few final flurries from winter, the American West saw the mercury soar on Saturday to record-shattering temperatures as last Saturday, including at the site widely regarded as the hottest place on Earth i.e. Death Valley, as parts of the Northeast experienced unseasonably cold weather over the weekend and lasting into the start of the week, parts of the American West experienced again record-shattering heat. In contrast to the unseasonably high temperatures in the West, parts of Northeast have seen some records regarding the other end of the thermometer shatter, i.e. record cold. Death Valley peaked out at, I believe, 104 degrees in March geoengineeringwatch.org has covered this scenario again and again and again over many years. The meltdown in the West to cool the East. In fact, going back several years, here's some article titles you can search online. Try to find it on a search engine other than Google because Google is doing everything they can to hide our data. But here's a few samples. Geoengineering is creating freeze-fry extremes. Another title, Engineering a World of Climate Extremes. Another title, Engineered Western Meltdown to Cool the East. Another title, Geoengineered Western U.S. Meltdown to Cool the Rest of the Country Again. Final headline example from geoengineeringwatch.org, the engineered cooling of the U.S. in a record warm world. Again, some reminders, the most anomalously less warm region in the entire world since 2012. 10 years running, eastern half of the U.S. lower 48. Why? Because that's the most populated portion of the U.S., And the U.S. population is the last potentially counterbalancing force in the world if they would wake up. But those in power are doing everything they can to make sure they don't wake up. And what's in this frozen material? Again, aluminum, barium, strontium, polymer fibers, graphene as an ice nucleating element. Graphene like a molecular or vascular machete in our vascular system doing unimaginable damage likely when it's absorbed and it builds up in the system, and what else is that graphene carrying? Because graphene is used for a biological carrier as well. We don't know what's in this mix in total, but what we do know is bad enough. They park a high-pressure dome over the U.S. West, an ionosphere heater created a high-pressure dome, and this technology is not disputed, this is not speculation. Search the Martin Sheen narrated film Holes in Heaven to learn much more about what ionosphere heaters can do. But this high-pressure dome that spins clockwise in the northern hemisphere, spins the moisture around the U.S. west, back down into the U.S., spawns some tornadoes, spins the moisture from the record-warm Gulf of Mexico up the eastern seaboard where it's chemically nucleated and you have a flash-cold winter event. Surface flash freeze while the atmosphere continues to warm. We know that from pilots, been over that again and again, planes being forced into autopilot descent because it's too warm outside to carry the aircraft, sometimes 40 degrees warmer than it should be at altitudes of 40,000 feet or more. Planets in total meltdown. And how many people even now are pretending that it's just some sort of monetary policy fix that needs to be taken care of or a few new elected officials and everything will be fine. Total panacea. Delusion. And about the tornadoes. First this from a month ago. March 1st from the Washington Post. They published this. March will feature a spike in severe weather risk over the lower 48. How'd they know that? Because they're literally reading scripts the scheduled weather passed down from the top all the way to local meteorologists. And who's writing the scheduled weather script? Private arms industry and climate engineering contractors like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. They do all the modeling for the nation's weathermen. Why would we need private defense contractors to do the weather modeling for the nation's weathermen? Because this is the foxes running the hen house. These are the entities that are neck deep in climate intervention operations. So we had the federal gag order on all National Weather Service and NOAA employees. Question, does it take a significant amount of deductive reasoning to conclude that if our government feels the need to put a gag order on the nation's weathermen, obviously they're hiding something very, very big. Because the populations around the world wake up to the fact that governments all over the world have subjected them to a grand and lethal experiment without their knowledge or their consent, an experiment from which there is no return. One can only imagine that those populations would take to the streets with their proverbial pitchforks and torches and find anyone and everyone actively or passively involved to hold them legally and morally accountable, and that includes those that are helping to hide these programs, and there are many in that category, many. And mainstream media and agencies, elected officials, all helping to hide the climate engineering assault because their paychecks, their pensions, their reputation, their political position all relies on them towing the line for those behind the curtain. That's the sad state of affairs. That's the asylum that we find ourselves in. Many more very dire Breaking Frontline reports in a moment. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 347, April 2nd, 2022. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations, known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Northern California, Texas, Alabama, Florida, Denver, Washington State, Oregon, the Northeast, Sacramento, San Diego, and San Francisco. I wish to express my deepest gratitude to those that have helped us expand our reach, our voice, in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. And in regard to sounding the alarm, please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. And the best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. Please examine our ongoing legal action against the so-called fact checker that is responsible for Facebook's censoring of the Dimming documentary and all GeoengineeringWatch.org data as, quote, false news on Facebook, because a single so-called scientist says so. He stated that he was 100% certain climate engineering was not occurring, but didn't have a shred of data to back up his claim. The link to the full legal report... On our legal action against this so-called fact checker can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. In fact, if you want to listen to a what was a live on-air debate between myself and this scientist, Dr. Douglas McMartin, search this title, Debating the Geoengineering Reality, Dane Wigington and Caltech Scientist Douglas McMartin, and ask yourself if this individual in any light could be considered a neutral third-party quote fact checker. For those that want to have their questions answered about what we collectively face, the converging catastrophes that are closing in on us all on live radio, for all to hear, geoengineeringwatch.org is now host of the Coming Collapse QA News Hour on KSCO Santa Cruz, Saturday mornings from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. No commercials, non political. We'll stick to the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. There'll be no participation in the orchestrated political theater of mass distraction and division. The call-in number for the coming Collapse Q&A News hour is 831-479-1080, 1080. Join us on Saturdays, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Again, the call-in number is 831-479-1080. I'll look forward to discussing the converging catastrophes that are closing in on us all with those that are willing to ring in and make their voices heard. Unfolding biosphere collapse will remain the bottom line factor fueling power structure total desperation. Remember that. More breaking reports from the Union of Concerned Scientists. Climate change is turning California's wildfire season into a wildfire year. The report states climate change has disrupted historical trends and created conditions for year-round wildfires. Forests are roughly 50% drier. And the number of days of high fire danger have increased and are projected to double by the end of the century. From what's already this bad, there won't be any forest left by the end of this decade. And they pretend that we're going to make it to the end of the century? This report from the Union of Concerned so-called scientists then states this. This is layered on top of dangerous forest conditions that stem from a legacy of fire suppression and forest management that has increased the amount of vegetation available to burn. That's a blatant, glaring, overall lie. Yes fuel management needs to be done most especially in forests that have been logged and altered but how do they explain when forests in untouched regions of for example siberia never touched by human activity and the burn rate goes up a thousand percent ten times higher as i just filmed in the into the wild segment posted at geoengineeringwatch.org Forest canopies and forests that have never been touched that are now completely blown apart and ground-based vegetation exploding because the sun is beaming through where there used to be trees blocking that sun. That has nothing to do with having to take away a fuel ladder that's happened because we've just been taking too good a care of our forests. Climate engineering is the single Greatest factor in regard to the epic forest fires around the globe for many, many reasons. Destroying the ozone layer, cutting off the flow of precipitation. The precipitation that does fall is toxic, poisoning root systems, killing soil microbiome. Again, the destroyed ozone layer is frying the trees from the top down. They're dying from the roots up. More dry lightning because the atmosphere is being ionized from these electrically conductive particulates. I could go on and on and on. Climate engineering core to all of this. Please search the engineering wildfire section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Search and share wildfires serve geoengineering agendas for one of our most important reports we have the so-called climate science community basically lying saying our forests are dying and burning because we're just not thinning them enough we're not cutting enough trees and doesn't the logging industry love that don't the global robber barons love that the loot plunder pillage and pollute policies of our so-called politicians they love this narrative we just need to cut down more trees and everything will be fine. If you, if you don't have any trees, you don't have any forest fires, do you? Another headline from last week from the San Francisco Chronicle and other sources. California fire season is coming and firefighter ranks have plunged 20%. The report states, from an initial attack standpoint, could the, quote, lack of personnel have been the difference between catching a fire and preventing it from becoming a big one? First, let's fill this blank in. In the case of the U.S. Forest Service, which this report is about, they will not let anyone stop a fire when it's just beginning. In fact, their policy is often to just let them burn. In spite of the completely altered conditions that are now causing these burns to accelerate at rates and in ways that have never before been witnessed, the report states the biggest concern, at least for the time being, remains the coming fire season. With a third year of drought developing in California, that's another blatant lie. I can't let this go. We've been in drought since 2007, we're in 15 years of drought. In fact, in 2014 we had mainstream media acknowledging that it was the worst drought in at least least 1200 years and now suddenly it's only the third year of drought. But they say the third year, year of drought developing in California forests and grasslands are ripe for burning, creating the potential for another devastating year. That's exactly what they're preparing and planning for. It's exactly what they have scheduled for us. Again, if you want to know the connection with wildfires and geoengineering, please, please search wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. This report goes on to say this, and a clear need, there's a clear need for more people on the fire lines. For the record, if climate intervention operations were completely interfering with the flow of precipitation into California, wildfire scenario would be radically altered in the right direction. How do we know that climate engineers are cutting off the flow of rain into the Golden State? Because we can see their activities on NASA satellite images. What possible motive could the climate engineers have for creating devastating drought and wildfire conditions? Again, search and review the report I mentioned. Wildfires serve geoengineering agenda to learn what few even want to consider. Is the curtailing of crop production also a part of the equation? Is doing so a means of further controlling the masses? You decide. Question about the federal firefighters fleeing the ranks. Could there have been some sort of medical mandate that motivated many federal firefighters to leave? You decide. Next, should we ask why Governor Newsom is gutting firefighter inmate crews? Another question, does Governor Newsom know about the climate intervention operations and the connection to biblical drought and wildfires? Been over this in many broadcasts. Absolutely, Newsom knows. Met with him personally in his office in Sacramento with his top aide. Presented volumes of GeoengineeringWatch.org data, NASA satellite images. They made no attempt to deny what was happening, they couldn't. The data is absolutely irrefutable. They have done exactly nothing but be silent on the issue. Newsom just said this on a Twitter post, quote, we recognize that we are in the third year of drought, again, I already pointed that out in a blatant lie, with these extreme conditions and the extreme weather, something you know what is the core cause of in this case, Gavin, He continued, direct quote from Gavin Newsom, We have an initiative we are launching to move projects forward to keep you safe, Gavin says, and prepare for the next fire season. Prepare how, Gavin? By pretending climate engineering isn't cutting off our precipitation and setting the stage for these epic wildfires in the first place? Or prepare by cutting fire crews? Which is it, Gavin? And how is any of that helping any of us? Does Congressman Doug LaMalfa from Northern California know that climate engineering onslaught is ongoing? Absolutely. Had no less than half a dozen meetings face-to-face with Mr. LaMalfa. He's playing the same part as Gavin Newsom. Doesn't make any difference that their political stripes are Democrat and Republican. The opposite ends of the spectrum, we're told, or were led to believe. They're both towing the line for the same power structure, the controls from behind the curtain. LaMalfa and Newsom are just two sides of the same coin. A reminder of this headline from just over a week ago. Heat wave shatters records across California, spells trouble for drought-dried state. They state it's a dome of high pressure that's sitting overhead. This is from David Sweet, meteorologist with the National Weather Service. He states it's a dome of warm air and downward vertical motion. Again, what I've been over on so many broadcasts. ionosphere heater-created dome of high pressure. The meteorologists are terming this the, quote, ridiculously resilient ridge. This technology is not disputed. Ground based ionosphere heaters, which are RF transmitters, radio frequency transmitters that can heat the ionosphere, they cause an electrical chain reaction in the electrically charged ionosphere, creates a dome of high pressure. The stated purpose militarily is to cause a bulge in the atmosphere, to cause resistance for an incoming ICBM, intercontinental ballistic missile. But the downward push of that same air creates the high pressure dome, sinking, compressing, heating air. And this high pressure dome again spins clockwise in the Northern Hemisphere, which spins all the moisture right around the state. There's no question these meteorologists know this is going on, but they're not about to say anything because they're not about to bite the hand that feeds them, are they? This report states California's record dry start to the year is converging with record high temperatures as an early spring heat wave settles over large swaths of the state. And it's not just California being dried out. The same scenario is being carried out in many locations around the globe. There are similar agendas being carried out in many of the food producing regions. Other regions are being flash frozen at the critical crop production time or flash flooded. Climate engineering is inseparable from all that. I'm not saying we wouldn't have weather cataclysm without climate engineering. Not saying that. Not saying we haven't damaged the planet horrifically. We have. But once you derail the entire climate system, it is impossible to say any weather event anywhere is not connected with climate engineering because climate engineering disrupted the whole entire cycle. So you can't that that event would have happened at that time in that place without climate engineering. Keep that in mind. That's why they're trying so hard to hide climate engineering because the liability issues are absolutely incalculable. It would derail the entire system if the public woke up to this and a feeding frenzy with attorneys went after government everybody for these programs. And those in power can't afford that, can they? But we're trying to get a foot in the door by holding one of these climate engineering cover-up so-called scientists accountable with our lawsuit. And that's exactly what we intend to do. Last week from NBC News, at least 19,000 ordered to evacuate amid fast-moving Colorado wildfire. Again, late winter, early spring, wildfires all over. Another headline from last week, a significant wildfire outbreak is likely across the southern plains. Again, this is part of what the Texas wildfire happened in that envelope of time as well. Another headline, evacuations requested due to wildfires in northwest Oklahoma. Did we ever see this in the late winter, spring, when things should be the greenest and the wettest? The entire western half of the U.S. is under drought in various forms, and the actual drought is far worse than anything that's being shown by official sources. Moisture in the northern hemisphere flows from west to east. It comes in off the Pacific, or at least historically it did, and now it seems to bypass the whole west. There's two ways they can get the moisture to bypass the west. One, high-pressure dome went over that. Rotates all the moisture completely around us or two we have these days of featureless skies bone dry on the ground Total cloud canopy But nothing falls and that's when the aircraft disperse too many particulates There's too many condensation nuclei the moisture drops can't combine and fall as rain. There's no convection Which also reduces rainfall so they in essence migrate that moisture directly across the west for use further east And that's exactly what they're doing as well. Two methods by which they can stop precipitation. Moving on from MSN.com. Extreme heat already disrupts air travel. With climate change, it's going to get worse, they say. It's not climate change again. That's a term that came from 1998, the warmest year ever recorded at that point in time, when climate engineering was radically ramped up, and they knew they were going to be causing these radical temperature whiplash events. So they needed a term that made people think, oh, that's just part of what's unfolding. It's just part of the process of the planet warming. It's climate change. So we should expect these flash cooldowns. Nonsense. This is just a term to cover the tracks of the climate engineers. So about this report, it states, although futuristic fiction the scenes are rooted in reality when temperatures sizzle planes have trouble taking off and airports can shut down it's already happening in the world's hottest places and experts say it's becoming increasingly common elsewhere as a consequence of global warming during the unprecedented pacific northwest heat dome heat dome we just went over that didn't we in june alaska airlines flights were delayed or canceled when temperatures on the tarmac neared 130 degrees in seattle and portland Limits had to be placed on how long ramp employees could be outside before retreating to air-conditioned cool-downs. We had 121-degree temperature in British Columbia. Think about that. Obliterated records. High-pressure heat dome compressing this air to the surface and and creating these conditions. They state hot air makes it harder for planes to fly. Warm air expands and is less dense. I went over this in previous broadcasts. Again, the pilots, private pilots that have contacted geoengineeringwatch.org, Greatly alarmed because their Aircraft were put into forced autopilot descents from above 40,000 feet because it was a 40 degrees above normal at that altitude They've never seen that before The main thing we're going to rely on this report states to get us out of this problem is going to be updating aircraft fleets to use lighter aircraft That's the human mentality. Don't fix the core of the problem. Just Try to tech your way out of it with even more insanity Back to more winter weather whiplash. From last week, winter to make a dramatic return in Northeast due to polar vortex. The climate engineers and the controllers need these headlines to continue confusing and dividing populations in regard to the true state of planetary total meltdown, total implosion. So they can create these engineered chemical ice nucleated surface cool downs, cold dense air descends to the surface. We have frozen material that's highly toxic, but still creates the images and headlines they want this is what they're doing. Let's cover a bit more of the sensationalized and exaggerated report. They state, Widespread gusty northeast winds may send AccuWeather real field temperatures plummeting as low as zero. That's the kind of deception I'm talking about. Real feel That means wind chill. That's not an actual temperature. But most people don't figure that out. Or many don't figure it out. And they think that's the actual temperature down to zero. That's a blatant, glaring lie. That's a wind chill. It has nothing to do with the actual temperature. They further state that, People who have started outdoor gardens may need to cover their tender plants. As the big dip in the jet stream pivots northeast toward the middle of next week, a warm up is in store for the region. Again, this is the weather whiplash that's increasingly radical as the climate engineers force the climate systems further and further in an attempt to mask the severity of what's unfolding. They state, however, more abnormally cold air may return in early April, or at least it's scheduled to. They will continue to try to whip up these winter weather whiplash events to confuse and divide the population until the last possible moment. This AccuWeather Climate Engineering cover-up report then ends with this. There is the risk for more jet stream dips with bigger cold shots later in April or early May that could then set the stage for late-season frosts moving forward in the Northeast. That's what's scheduled. I want to take a moment to read an activist message that was sent to geoengineeringwatch.org. This is from Eleanor, an important message. She states to us, You're probably aware of this, but it makes me want to cry. Two weeks ago, just as the cherry blossoms were coming out, they sent us a cold spell of temperatures in the teens for two days and killed them all. Now, when all the rest of the cherry trees have been blooming, they are sending us another cool down with temperatures in the mid-20s, with 20 to 30 mile an hour winds that could kill everything else, and probably even the daffodils. Why are they so mean? Eleanor asks. We're not dealing with sanity with those at the top, and we are certainly not dealing with any form of benevolence. They are malevolent to the core, a cancer that controls the world, and they are now wreaking havoc on populations because they know the planet can no longer support the weight of the human race, because this paradigm was never sustainable, not even close. But why is the population willing to give the controllers the right to decide who lives and who doesn't? Why? Remember and consider those in power could not do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. Another headline from last week, 75 million at risk for severe weather from Florida to Connecticut. This report states temperatures surged 30 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit higher from their January-like levels on Monday in the northeast when snow squalls had deadly consequences along I-81 in eastern Pennsylvania. Highs in the 60s and 70s and 80s in the east will help support the severe thunderstorms as well as moisture from the Gulf of Mexico, And where is the moisture coming from for the constant parade of theatrically named so-called winter storms? From the record warm Gulf of Mexico. And about that super slick surfactant-seeded frozen material we're told is snow. Could the surfactants have been a factor in the I-81 incident? You decide. From CNN and numerous other sources... Antarctic ice shelf nearly the size of Los Angeles collapsed as temperatures soared to 40 degrees above normal, covered that in the previous broadcast. The report states the Conger ice shelf, spanning approximately 460 square miles, collapsed. The report said, quote, it could be a preview of what's to come as the climate crisis eats away at the continent. There's no could, no may, no might. It's a snapshot glimpse of what's coming, and what's coming is far worse. And although this... Ice shelf was massive. The land based glaciers that it formerly helped to hold back is what matters now. The report states researchers discovered that the ice shelf holding back the Thwaites Glacier, also known as the Doomsday Glacier, could collapse within the next five years. I think it's a very optimistic time frame. It will happen sooner. The Thwaites Glacier is the size of Idaho. Researchers flying over Thwaites glaciers can see, quote, massive cracks in the ice shelf, places where the ice is tearing apart. Another glacier that has been attracting scientists' attention and concerns is the Toten Glacier, which could cause sea levels to rise by about 10 feet if its ice shelf collapsed. There's no if. It's coming. It's something that's very hard to stop once it gets started. The article states, if we don't put the brakes on... If we don't slow down this process now, then we're in for very rapid rates of sea level rise, probably before the end of the century. Again, they throw this out there with absolutely no bearing or connection to reality or mathematical statistical trajectories. No connection whatsoever. This is an equation that is so nonlinear, it is difficult to even comprehend An estimate of these events by the end of the decade would be closer to the mark, but not to worry. If the human race remains on its current course of mathematically certain near-term self-annihilation, none of us will be here, so it won't matter, will it? From AustraliaInstitute.org, the era of the great carbon fraud is upon us report states, we're entering the great era of carbon fraud. Instead of rushing to end hydrocarbon fuels, there's going to be a gold rush for carbon offsets, dirty hydrogen and carbon capture and storage, CCS, all designed not to stop climate change, but actually to drive up the consumption of coal, oil, and gas. No surprise. Again, the Thelma and Louise moment, not hitting the brakes, hitting the accelerator. Next headline, methane leaks at U.S. petroleum operations, far worse than previously estimated. How much worse? About 600% worse, and they knew, they absolutely know all of this, but now it's being discovered more and more. Thankfully, some are starting to show some courage. From CommonDreams.org, scientists to Biden. World needs rapid transition from fossil fuels, hydrocarbon fuels, to renewable energy. Total fraud on that front. Watch Planet of the Humans if you think so-called current technology, green energy, is going to save us, not going to happen. From PBS and Fizz.org, the ocean helps absorb our carbon emissions. We may be pushing it too far. We may be. Oceans are turning into massive dead zones. Canfield ocean, superheated, stratified, oxygenless dead zones. That's exactly what's happening. And some in the science community are still pushing a form of geoengineering known as ocean fertilization to force the ocean to take up even more of our carbon emissions to mask it from the public it's already happening. They're not going to ask our permission. They do whatever they want because we've allowed them. Elements of solar radiation management operations being conducted over Earth's oceans are already being utilized for ocean fertilization. So many in the ranks of the human race are actively participating in their own near-term self-annihilation. And if allowed to continue, they will take us all down with them, along with the entire web of life. Moving on, about the recent... CMEs, coronal mass ejections, last week. Mainstream media reports have stated this, the sun has exploded to life, erupting several major solar flares and two coronal mass ejections towards Earth. The dual coronal mass ejections, CMEs, are due to merge and strike Earth, this was last week, with significant impacts expected, the report states, due to that threat. NOAA's Space Weather Prediction Center, that's National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, has issued a geomagnetic storm watch, G3, for a strong storm. The strong storm may even be stronger with a four or five storm possible. In addition to pushing the aurora south into the United States, there could be very significant impacts to electrical systems, including power grids and power plants. That's when the nuclear plants begin to go into meltdown as grids shut down all over the globe. Could happen, again, if this would have been strong enough. Radio and satellite communications and navigation systems as well. If a severe G4 or extreme G5 geomagnetic storm ever materialized, it would be life-threatening on Earth, creating extensive damage to anything that runs on electricity. Such events have happened in the past. The Carrington event, I brought this up on many broadcasts. Now with our damaged atmosphere, thanks to climate engineering in large part, we are extremely susceptible to such events. Do we think these agencies like NOAA and National Weather Service are going to tell us the truth about any of these types of events, events that could be an EMP attack? And how are we to know? The public knows what they're told from these quote official agencies that aren't telling the truth about anything. Let's not forget the illegal federal gag order on all National Weather Service and NOAA personnel. To think we can count on the truth from these government agencies is very naive indeed. They tell us jet-sprayed aerosols in our skies are just clouds or just condensation trails. Could the same agencies deceive the public again about an EMP attack by telling us it was just the sun behaving badly? You decide. I'm almost out of time. There's just too much to cover in this one-hour on-air broadcast. This question, are we to become paralyzed with angst and fear, thus rendering us of no use in this most critical battle to sound the alarm and turn the tide? Short answer, no. We must never let fear and trepidation prevent us from marching forward in this fight. From the Stoic philosopher Seneca, this, The spirit must be trained to a realization and an acceptance of its lot. It must come to see that there is nothing fortune will shrink from, that she wields the same authority over emperor and empire alike, and the same power over cities and over men. There is no ground for resentment in all this we've entered into a world in which these are the terms on which life is lived. And from Robert F. Kennedy, this. It is from countless diverse acts of courage and belief that human history is shaped. Each time a person stands up for an ideal or acts to improve the lot of others or strikes out against injustice, he sends forth a tiny ripple of hope and crossing each other from a million different directions and centers of energy and daring Those ripples build a current which can sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression and resistance. Here's some final points to ponder as the wider horizon grows ever darker. There has always been tyranny amongst the ranks of the human race and those willing to obey it. But there has also always been the few that resolve themselves to stand against the tyranny no matter what till the brutal bitter end, and if enough summon the courage to take such a stand, we may yet accomplish profound good even at this late hour. As stated at the closing of the groundbreaking geoengineeringwatch.org documentary, The Dimming, any one of us could be the final pebble that triggers the landslide of awakening. This must never be forgotten. Going silently into the night isn't an option. We must never yield, we must never give up. And so long as we're still standing, we're not yet beaten. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this all-important battle to expose the insanity in our skies and on the ground. This effort will take absolutely all of us. See the Activist Suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details about how you can help to move this fight forward. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Time is not on our side. Until next week, let's keep our faces to the wind and march on. All that we hold dear is in the balance. Stay strong. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.